On November 29, 2016, West Coast Children's Clinic hosted a panel on child sex trafficking. We were interested in exploring the ways gender, race, and power impact the child sex trade. This is the first of five podcasts from a recording of that evening's panel. Thank you so much for listening. I want to dedicate this evening to a group of our young women um, who were killed while being trafficked. There were no headlines, no recognition that young lives were lost, except for a few who knew them well and were pulling for them. I actually think it would be profound for our girls to see how many people are here tonight to change their world. So tonight is for them. In our country, not just somewhere else, but here in California, men pay to rape girls. The FBI has designated the Bay Area as one of the 13 major hubs for child sex trafficking in the United States. Commercial sexual exploitation is a multi-billion dollar industry outpacing drug and arms sales. It operates in plain sights, on our streets, on the internet, and it benefits from a legacy of profound cultural acceptance and support. On our collective watch, hundreds of thousands of kids are trafficked here in America. Disproportionately, this is happening to girls of color. And while the numbers are shocking, they can also be quite distancing. As numbers fail to convey the harshness of the injuries and the impact on the body, soul, and spirit of survivors. There is no single survivor narrative, but they share some common themes often beginning with someone a child trusts, the desire to belong and be taken care of, have food and a place to call home. All things children should have without having to pay for it with their bodies. I think we can all agree this is not the life we want for our children. My name is Stacy Katz and I'm with West Coast Children's Clinic. <laughs> we, thank you, we, and I say we, have lost my place. We, and I say we, are a children's mental health clinic, as well as a training, research, and advocacy nonprofit. Your presence and desire to be here tonight makes a big difference. Some of you are new to the conversation, welcome, and some of you have been in this fight for decades. But together, we've got some new ground to cover. The day after the election, Ta-Nehisi Coates said, what happened yesterday was first and foremost the normalization of sexual assault, the normalization of harassment, and the normalization of the degradation of girls and women. We've arrived at a critical moment. Tonight's conversation has evolved from years of work at West Coast Children's Clinic, where we see 1,700 kids each year who are deeply impacted by our public systems. All live below the federal poverty level, 86% are children of color, 65% of our kids are in foster care due to abuse, neglect, or because their parents can't take care of them. Children in foster care are more susceptible to exploiters than most kids. For many foster youth, a sense of being priced, the awareness that someone receives a check to take care of them makes them feel for sale, and traffickers take advantage of that. 
In 2009, we started a program called Sea Change to meet the particular needs of sexually exploited girls. We work with their trauma, build on their strengths, and ultimately help them create a path out of exploitation. The work is intensive and long-term. And as you can imagine, being bought and sold is not something a person heals from easily or quickly. The trauma that results from exploitation is relational, meaning it happens person to person. So this is where the repair needs to happen as well. What we learned from our early work at West Coast is disturbing, this finding in particular. Most girls who were middle schoolers when their exploitation first started had been trafficked for more than two years before anyone in their adult, any adult in their life recognized that was happening. Two years seems like a long time. Think about that. So in response, we developed a screening tool so kids could be identified faster. We've trained thousands of professionals throughout the state to recognize the signs of exploitation using our tool. This far, over 5,000 young people have been screened. 635 of those kids have clear indicators of exploitation. That is a lot. African-American and multiracial girls are being exploited at twice the rate of white girls. Forcing and coercing girls of color into exploitation is not new. Slavery and colonization relied on rape and exploitation as a means of controlling girls and women of color. And this legacy continues to either benefit or harm girls depending on the color of their skin and the zip code they live in. The child rape industry is not color blind, but color driven. Over the past seven years, we've seen over 300 exploited girls in our clinic. 94% are girls of color. Most are African American. And this is not accidental or unique to West Coast Children's Clinic. The history of sexual oppression of women of color was reflected in the very first anti-trafficking law in the United States. Enacted in 1910, the White Slavery Act did exactly what its name suggests. It protected white women from forced prostitution, but by exclusion, sanctioned the exploitation of women and girls of color. And while it's true that raping girls of color is no longer legal today, when you exchange money for sex with a child, in other words, pay to rape them, it changes the deal. In fact, instead of receiving support for crimes against them, victims are treated as criminals. Over 70% of the girls in our Sea Change program have been in the juvenile justice system for offenses related to solicitation. Michelle Alexander writes, and I quote, what has changed since the collapse of Jim Crow has less to do with the basic structure of our society than with the language we use to justify it. In the era of color blindness, it is no longer socially acceptable to use race explicitly as a justification for discrimination, so we don't, end quote. We don't say it's race, but we continue the same practices we've claimed ended with slavery and Jim Crow. And we do this by criminalizing girls of color for prostitution instead of protecting them. While the men who pay to rape them, disproportionately white, walk free. So the message is clear. Our laws have changed, but our culture has not. 
Child sex trafficking today is where racism and misogyny intersect in the worst way. It is systemically and culturally accepted to such a degree that we don't even question the fact that a 14-year-old is made culpable for her exploitation while men are excused. And this is what is meant by a culture of impunity. Malika Sadasar has written about an iconic example of this, the video game Grand Theft Auto V. Players buy women for sex and are incentivized to kill them to get their money back. The game grossed $1 billion within three days on the market, breaking industry records. Trump Tower is on the cover of the first Grand Theft Auto game. So sexual violence against girls is a lucrative form of entertainment. By making girls commodities, we create the illusion that there are no victims. And this is where our history and contemporary culture converge for girls who experience racialized misogyny, injustice squared, as Kimberly Crenshaw calls it. We've ignored the connection between race and child trafficking for too long. There are some signs we're moving in the right direction. In September, Governor Brown signed Senate Bill 1322, which prevents sexually exploited children from being arrested for prostitution. Seems <laughs> it seems shocking that we needed a law to clarify that it is not possible to be a child prostitute. The way we think about problems influences what we do about them. We need to be intentional about addressing the impact of racism and misogyny. And viable solutions require that we elaborate on the wisdom of survivors' perspectives and recognize the limitations of our own. With that in mind, it is a privilege and an honor to introduce Min Dong, Malika Sadastar, the Honorable Stacy Bulwer-Yuri, District Attorney Nancy O'Malley, and Holly Joshi. I can't think of a group of women better positioned to lead us toward the kind of change that we need. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information about West Coast Children's Clinic, visit www.westcoastcc.org.